For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson. And in this latest readout video from our Wednesday wake-up email newsletter, we bring more good news about the outburst of sanity on climate that we discussed last week with reference particularly to Stuart Kirk at HSBC. This time, it's a spectacular descent from orthodoxy from a very different angle. Specifically, Harvard psychology professor and pop science star Steven Pinker. He of The Better Angels of Our Nature and Enlightenment Now. Also Canadian-born, hip hip hooray. Has denounced wokeism in science reporting and publications generally. He issued a wide-ranging manifesto whose targets include critical race theory but also the wrong kind of climate consensus. Specifically, he slammed the American Association for the Advancement of Science in a pointed refusal to send them money for leaving out nuclear power in its resources for journalists on climate change, which he said was, quote, deeply irresponsible and can only be explained by the fact that nuclear power fell out of fashion among left-wing and green political factions more than 40 years ago, end quote. And it gets better. The association's science magazine promptly ran a piece on climate computer models, admitting that, quote, many of these models have a glaring problem, predicting a future that gets hot too fast, end quote. Now, Baker's heresy is especially important because he really is mainstream trendy. Wikipedia notes that, in two th- quote, in 2004, Picker was named in Times the 100 most influential people in the world today, and in the years 2005, 2008, 2010, and 2011, in foreign policy's list of top 100 global thinkers. And he's an atheist who lists Noam Chomsky as a key intellectual influence. And it's equally important that the science article concerned a study critical of overheated climate computer models done not by the usual suspects, you know, us or Will Happer or Willie Soon, but by alarmist giants Zeke Housefather, Kate Marble, Gavin Schmidt, and others, saying, quote, users beware, a subset of the newest generation of models are too hot and project climate warming in response to carbon dioxide emissions that might be larger than that supported by other evidence. And they say, quote, Earth is a complicated system of interconnected oceans, land, ice, and atmosphere, and no computer model could ever simulate every aspect of it exactly, end quote. Now, it may take some time to get climate researchers to stop cavorting with hot models, let alone to inject some cool common sense into the world of activism and politics, particularly in the smug small town known as Official Canada. But when people like Pinker, and to give credit where due, Housefather, Marvel, and Schmidt find the courage to speak out, it may well herald the coming of a genuine climate debate based on facts and logic, not orthodoxy enforced by character assassination. What an awakening that would be! It sure beats the one from Hank Green, popular co-star of Vlogbrothers' Crash Course and SciShow, who has a new video on how climate change is robbing you of sleep. By which he doesn't mean the now de rigueur nervous breakdown over climate breakdown. Instead, he says in the video, and we're not making this up, quote, We know that the temperature of our room can influence sleep, but these researchers wanted to see if the outside temperature can have similar effects, end quote. Yeah, if it's hot outside and the heat gets into your house, then you can kiss 40 winks goodbye. You'd be likely to get 30. Or 8.5 if you get our drift. The viewer who sent us the green video said, quote, I thought it was tongue-in-cheek, but as I watched, I realized that they were serious, end quote. And indeed, from the opening statement that it was subsidized by Google, the whole thing did feel like parody. Including claims that if it's over 30 degrees Celsius, end quote, people slept an average of 14 minutes less than usual, end quote, and that if it was over 25 degrees Celsius, quote, the chances of sleeping fewer than seven hours increased by 3.5 percentage points, end quote, which makes a mockery of the concept of statistical significance. 
But the main point is that people have known that it's harder to sleep properly on hot nights since the invention of lying down on something soft because there have always been hot nights, even in places like Canada, never mind Green's native Alabama. Still, quote, depending on how much greenhouse gases build up, by the year 2099 we may be losing 50 to 58 hours of sleep and having on average 13 to 15 nights of short sleep per year just thanks to temperature, end quote. And of course, the problem is already worse in low-income countries because they're usually closer to the equator, where it's hot because it always was. And it will get worse, unless economic growth brings things like air conditioning and better designed built and insulated homes, which it will if terrible climate policy doesn't prevent growth. But hang on. We want to come back to that ominous phrase, quote, depending on how much greenhouse gases build up, end quote. And why do we call it ominous? Because... That kind of language always makes us suspect that alarmists' favorite exploded worst-case RCP 8.5 scenario is lurking just outside our steamed-up window. And bingo! In the section, quote, annual individual sleep loss and short sleep projections, end quote, it's the basis for their not-even-scary prediction. And now, a word from our sponsor. And yes, it's still you. And we want to thank all the people who've responded to our appeals by making a one-time or monthly pledge. For the rest of you, I really want to emphasize, for us to produce the videos, for us to produce the newsletters, and keep injecting sanity into the climate debate, what we need is for one in six of our YouTube subscribers to click here and make a pledge of $2 a month, $3 a month, $5 a month. That's what it's going to take to sustain our efforts for as long as they're needed. So click here, cup of coffee a month, that'll keep us in business. And now, back to me. Unfortunately, despite the outbreak of sanity described earlier in this video, the alarmism continues to pour downstream, including National Geographic saying that the climate crisis is everywhere, including the old fishing hole. NG waxes lyrical about the social and even metaphysical delights of fishing before saying mean old climate change is crossbreeding the fish and it's all over. You see, quote, one of the gravest threats posed by climate change to fish is genetic. Introduced fish are mating with native cutthroat trout, a mixing that has been abetted by changing water flows. If left unchecked, this could wipe out the cutthroat population, devastating a cherished American fishery, end quote. So, the issue is introduced fish, not climate? But no, because climate change makes everything worse. And the piece goes on, quote, Rainbow trout are roughly equivalent to factory farm chicken. When they breed with native cutthroat, they adulterate thousands of years of wild genetic wisdom. The mongrel fish aren't as suited to their environment or as nimble at adapting to change, end quote. Which should prompt the Darwinians in the audience to go problem solved, since the inferior offspring, lacking nimbleness at adapting to change, will be killed off by warming, leaving only the genetically wildly wise cutthroats. Who writes this stuff? Anyway, unfortunately, they apparently won't survive either because, quote, we have bulldozed rivers and made them run as straight as aqueducts. We have logged mountainsides, paved riversides, and built homes there, sending silt and pollution into streams. We have introduced fish from elsewhere that outcompete the locals, end quote. So that's nothing to do with climate change? <laughs> they go on, quote, and now comes climate change to land yet another blow, like a roundhouse to a battered boxer, end quote. Yeah, or a character who was never even in the book appearing in the last chapter to get blamed for stuff that had actually already happened. What a fish story. In the newsletter, we also note that climate alarmists can't seem to decide whether to glide smoothly to a high-tech green paradise, smash everything and start over with smaller bits, finally get woke, 
or just sit down for a good cry. George Monbiot of The Guardian, for instance, denounces optimism about new technology and adaptation as fairy tales. Others zoom off to new worlds of intersectionality. But Canary Media, which is not always our favorite outlet on climate, passes the alarmist sanity test by praising the latest, greatest, smaller nuclear reactors. Then we pass the hat. Uh, no, not to you, though. Come to think of it, buddy, can you spare a sawbuck a month? But in this case specifically, we watched the establishment environmental movement gaze into its navel and ask, quote, is it okay to accept money from fossil fuel companies, end quote. And we thought, wow, must be nice for them to have that luxury when we're meant to be the ones with all the money. But if it turns out that no matter how woke oil companies get, how much they promise to be carbon neutral, and how much dangal they offer the alarmists, they still get denounced as evil scheming wretches, maybe they should give us the money. You know, if the people trying to kill you won't even take your cash to help pay for a painless execution and a tasteful burial, we know somebody who actually likes you enough to stay in the same room with you. Besides, people keep saying you're funding us, and they're giving us both a stink eye over it anyway, so you might as well, right? In the newsletter, we also note that Australians just entrusted power to a party and a prime minister pledged to take dramatic action on climate change and much more. Quote, Australia's Labour Party leader, Anthony Albanese, was sworn in as the country's 31st Prime Minister on Monday, promising a journey of change as he vowed to tackle climate change, rising living costs, and inequality, end quote. But after lunch, world peace. Unfortunately, while talk is cheap, now they have to deliver on this pie in the sky where Australia is, quote, a renewable energy superpower, end quote. Climate Home News charters that, quote, after nearly a decade of capture by climate deniers and delayers, Australia has a leader promising to get it out of the naughty corner, end quote, which is a phrase that originated with Albanese. But once you get into the lodge, which is their version of number 10 Downing Street or 24 Sussex, except it's not falling down on the Prime Minister's head, and you go, okay, pass me the renewable energy superpower plan, it's kind of awkward when everyone just looks at you blankly and says, I thought you had it. In case when the plan turns up, it involves electric vehicles, we should mention that a new study says replacing existing gasoline powers with shiny new EVs might not actually reduce carbon emissions at all, given the emissions involved in making these new vehicles, as well as in running them. Dang. Oh, and speaking of looking for things, CDN by the Sea hasn't had much luck finding rising sea levels down south on our virtual tour, so we went north this time, all the way to Tromsø, Norway. It's in the Arctic, where, as everyone knows, the ravages of climate change are worse than the worst thing ever, so rising seas should pretty much have put the whole place under by now. Turns out they haven't. Instead, Tromsø sea levels are going up by 0.317 millimeters per year, at which rate it will take just 3,156 years for them to go up one meter. And of all the things that people in the year 5,078 will be thinking about, we doubt the sea level in Tromsø will be among them unless it's to wonder why their ancestors three millennia ago were so superstitious and panicky. And finally, in the newsletter, we also dip into the CO2science.org archive for a study of the claim that warming means, quote, more precipitation days throughout the year, where also the level of precipitation will be higher, end quote. Also known as, it will rain more and harder. But a check of records in the Netherlands from 1906 to 2002 shows that, quote, precipitation levels are not getting higher, end quote, which means it's not raining more. For the Climate Discussion Nexus, I'm John Robson, and yes, it is more climate sanity.